What is up, gang? We are here. This is the first episode. This is Teeing It Up. I'm your host, Connor. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Vladimir. Vladimir, how are we doing? And welcome to the new show, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're doing good. Uh, I just started a new job today, um, starting the new podcast tonight. So it's just been a very exciting time filled with a lot of change, a lot of new stuff, and just a lot of a lot of things or uh, achievements that I can look forward to and hope to actually progress <laughs> with something. It's a Monday at first. How was your first day in the big boy world? The first day in the big boy world was a little bit hectic. A lot of training videos, uh, don't be yeah. a menace in the workforce, stuff like that. Right. Um, otherwise, we had a little bit of issues with like security clearances, so I couldn't really get to some like more technical stuff, but hopefully that'll be sorted for tomorrow and going forward. Nice, nice. Um, it's, I, I mean, big, going off of my first big day, big boy day a couple months ago, um, it's basically like a first day of school day. Like it's like you sit down, you you say hi to everyone. Maybe they'll throw some busy work at you. you we get your email set up. We get this set up. Um, but it's like first day of school vibes almost. Absolutely. All right. So the reason we started this podcast is because we are very passionate about sports. We're double digit handicaps and we're here to, you know, I like to think there's a lot of people in the 18 to 35 range that watch a lot of sports that play a lot of golf are double digit handicaps and can relate to a lot of the stuff that we're about to say. Um, so that's why we started this podcast. It's a great time to do it. We have the NBA, NHL playoffs going on. Um, not much happening in the NFL right now, obviously. Um, it's the offseason and then baseball going on as well. So a lot to get into today. Yeah, so I guess to kind of provide a further outlook for what we plan on being able to do with this podcast, um, as, as Connor mentioned, we want to cover the kind of the, the big four sports in the United States. And then depending on where it goes, we would be open to many ideas, depending on what people find interesting and what people are responsive to. Right. No, uh, uh, I even put it in the notes for today that we're going to get into a little golf, uh, which isn't necessarily a big four sport. It's a major week. It's one of the four weeks of the year where we can, I actually watch golf. At least I do. Um, so we'll get into that. But you like to watch cars on Sunday, so maybe we'll get into the cars. We sh- we'll see. We'll see. By cars, I mean F1. That's my nickname for something. Usually I give something, some kind of like asinine nickname for something that like I, I don't follow. Um, so but let's get into the sports. So starting off, we, we're going to cover the NHL. Uh, I'm going to be your quote unquote hockey expert. I don't consider myself an expert. I play JV hockey. I wasn't much of an expert on the ice, but hopefully I'll provide something. Um, that people will find somewhat of an expertise or somewhat of a recap, we'll say, um, for the hockey stuff. So we had an abundance of game sevens, which I'll get into. The NBA, Vladdy, is the most ridiculous league. We had two games, only two game sevens, and they were both just absolute, like the Suns game last night, you could have just turned the channel off in the second quarter and been perfectly okay and lived your life very I'll, right. I'll get into it after the NHL stuff. I, I know what you're saying, but I, I do still think there was a lot that came from that, and it, it was an interesting time. Yeah, anyways, in a real league, uh, there were five, <laughs> five out of the eight series were game sevens in the NHL. Um, so I'm going to start with probably the most talked about one because it's the most talked about team in this league. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Lightning oh, I almost said the Tom, Tampa Bay Maple Leafs, that would have been bad. The Tampa Bay Lightning 
beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in game seven Saturday night by a score of two to one. Uh, moving on to the second round, obviously Toronto is, you know, Canada's team. They're a huge market. Um, they've invested a lot of money into this team. Obviously Tampa Bay is the back-to-back champion. So to get them in the first round is a bit of bad luck, um, but that's the way it goes. They have three guys. I, I, the main, main point I make is they have three guys that make over 10 million. There's not a single team in the league that has more than one. In fact, there's like maybe 10 to 12 guys that even make 10 plus million. Um, so if you want to do the math, they have three guys that make a third of their salary of the salary cap. They have five guys that make 60% of the salary cap and that they have five guys making, uh, I think Willie Nylander is the least of that five. I think he makes about 6.9 million. So obviously when you have five guys, it's five of the 23 guys on an active roster on a day that make over half the salary cap. It's hard to find depth. Uh, young guru GM Kyle Dubas has felt like he's done that, but what an absolute clowning. I'm, I, I mean, we can get into teams that we hate. I hate the Maple Leafs with a burning. You can see my hands going. They think they're all this. They, I, the last time most of their fans won a playoff series, they were in diapers. Those fans, they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. You know, what's happened since 2004, the iPhone, America had its first black president. Osama bin Laden was killed. What else has happened? I graduated high school. I graduated college. One direction came school. and went. Middle I graduated school. middle school. I graduated elementary school since then. <laughs> Kindergarten since that's then. A, that's a long dry spell for the Maple Leafs. And I'm not the biggest hockey guy. However, I can join you in the, I hate the Toronto crowd. I hate the fans. The players kind of come off as snobbish, morons, losers. Not a team that we like. We do we do not vibe Carter with the Toronto. an absolute clown. Yeah, you get into their players. Mitch Marner is an absolute clown. The guy makes $10 million in a game seven. Can't even put up a point. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what you can look to. You can look for depth. You could try, you know, they've tried goaltending. They tried getting more physical. They've tried adding depth. And it, nothing works. It's it's when your superstars make $10 million, they'll get done game seven. I don't know if it's the same. Maybe they're not superstars. Um, so I'll leave it at that because we've got a lot of games to get into. Uh, we want to try and go at somewhat of a pace here. But that was Tampa Bay. They'll move on and they'll play the uh, Florida Panthers who defeated the Washington Capitals in game six Friday night. Uh, the next one actually was before the Toronto-Tampa game. Uh, was Carolina – Oh, I wrote Carolina beats Carolina. Carolina beat Boston, the Boston Bruins, three to two. Um, this game, you know, it was kind of the pace was controlled by Carolina the whole night. Uh, the home team won the the one or the home team won every game of the series. Um, so home ice mattered in that case. Uh, Carolina basically the difference was that was not a big bad Bruins physical team that we've seen in the past. Um, they were kind of controlled by the first and second line, and really didn't get much depth scoring. And Carolina did. That, that stall line, their third line, played the perfection line in Pasternak, uh, Marshawn, and Patrice Bergeron super well. Uh, Max Domi, who's a fourth-line player, had two goals. Um, so that, that's, what, that's what teams do in the NHL playoffs that win Stanley Cups is when they get depth and depth scoring in big spots, um, that's when they typically – or teams typically win, and that's what happened there. Um, so basically the big storyline, I, I, Jacob Slavin, I wrote this down. If you haven't watched Jacob Slavin play, I know you probably have no idea who the heck that is. Um, but he is an absolute stud defenseman for Carolina. Carolina is kind of notorious for not really having any, I mean, they've Smetchikov and, uh, special, but they don't have any like true 
like superstar Austin Matthews players. They're just super deep and super hard to play against, like defensively. So they're going to play the Rangers in the second round, which I will get into the Rangers because that was another game seven. Um, the next on, one. Before we move on, can I add one thing? So this was the one NHL game this weekend I watched. And I noticed Boston, it seemed to appear that they were playing a lot, uh, kind of sloppy. It seemed like they were always going da- a man down, giving up stupid yes. penalties. And when you do that, I don't believe Carolina scored on the power play. But when you do something like that, you let the crowd get into it. You, you're, mm-hmm. gi- you're giving the players more juice. It almost seems like they're skating half a step faster. Every sh- mm-hmm. pass is half a step sharper. And it's almost like you're playing with tilted ice. And so I kind of noticed that Boston did themselves no favors playing mm-hmm. away from home and at the end it kind of like cost them. Right. No, you know, not only like, even if you, the, the team doesn't score on a power play, um, if you're on the penalty kill, I mean, it's pot like shorthanded goals happen, but you're not, you're for, for, generally speaking, you're not scoring either. You're, you're that's, chasing. That's too, yeah. That's two minutes. You're not scoring, even if you're not giving up a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're definitely right about that. Uh, moving on, we had the Edmonton Oilers, aka uh, McJesus and company, beat the Los Angeles Kings two to nothing. Pretty boring game. It was late. I stayed up for it Saturday night. Uh, I had a couple couple buds over. Uh, we watched the game. Shot the shot the crap. Um, I mean, it was two nothing. Mike Smith, had, you know, at forty years old, getting it done. Shut out in Game Seven. You know, he's criticized a lot because he's frankly not that good. Um, but he did good in game seven and, you know, McDavid put it away late with the second goal. I mean, I, this LA team without Drew Doughty, who's another stud defenseman, like isn't, isn't even a playoff team in my opinion. Um, so like Edmonton is really not deep enough to have any kind of a run in my opinion. Um, they'll play Calgary in the second round. That is a huge rivalry. It's the battle of Alberta. It's, they're like both in the same province. Okay. Um, so that's one of the biggest rivalries in hockey, like the last few years. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, the next one, the New York Rangers, my team, besides our Detroit teams, um, beat the Pittsburgh crybaby Crosby Penguins four to three in overtime. Uh, I will, I will say Crosby came back from a conky, uh, concussion for game seven. Tristan Jari came back. He hadn't played in the series. He looked pedestrian at best to be honest um also uh ryan mccall came back he's a second line center for them that plays a lot of minutes for them so they got a lot of guys to come back for game seven um ultimately they wasn't enough really like malkin you know chipped in here and there but really was that first line specifically uh jake gensel and Sidney crosby were all of their offense i think gensel had eight goals in seven games um the rangers top two lines who earlier in this series we're not really doing much came and they scored, I believe. I mean, Panarin had the game winner. Kreider had one. Uh, Zabenejad had a snipe. Um, so like they're big dogs that make the big money came out to play in the lights at MSG and the big apple. Um, I don't really think, I mean, they had the best goal in the league in the regular season. He was just okay in that series. I don't love their defensive core defensively. I think Fox does a great job offensively. Uh, Truba hits a lot of guys, but like I, overall, I think, uh, I don't know. Uh, I just don't think they're going to go that far. They're going to play Carolina. Um, the real storyline quickly, I, I know we got a lot of games to talk about, is so Chris Letang and Genny Malkin, who have uh, been free agent, or those two along with Crosby have played together for the last 15 years. They have three cups mm-hmm. together. They're All three are Hall of Famers. 
Um, Malkin is going to be 37 and Latang's going to be 35, I think. And they're both going to be uh, unrestricted free agents this summer. Uh, so it's kind of, that was kind of their last chance. Like I, I, I doubt they signed both of them because the problem is they're still contributing enough to where you would have to pay them a decent amount, but at like mm-hmm. what cost to your future, basically. Um, so they're going to be, there's a lot of question marks going into the off season. There's what I'm getting at. Um, the next game was Calgary beating the Dallas stars three to two in overtime. Um, Dallas, I mean, aside from that first line with Pavelski and Jason Robertson, who's going to get that payday, um, they did not have any scoring from any of their lines besides that first line. Um, the top, the Calgary top line scored two of the three. Uh, they were pretty quiet all series, pretty low scoring series, like, which is odd because this playoff has been notorious for the, like, I want to say the overs hitting like 67% of the time, like two out of three games. I think the overs hit maybe once in that series. Um, Jake Ottinger, a BU kid, he he had 64 saves, which is unbelievable. He had 50 in regulation. That's insane. Uh, To put that in perspective, like, to get, like, above, like, 35 shots is considered a lot. And he Mm -hmm. had 50 in regulation, 64 for the game, and then they lost. But they lost. So, um, like I said, they'll they'll play Edmonton. Um, So that's it as far as hockey goes. Uh, we do you have anything you want to pipe in on the hockey front? I was gonna say I was actually getting more kind of give an open-ended question. I did see a lot of people uh, almost kind of complaining about the way the NHL playoffs are set up. Would you be in favor yeah. of going back to traditional one eight two seven three six yes. four five? And then I guess why would, I would. You, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, no, I definitely would. I think so. I I know I explained it to you the other day. Was it? Yeah, it was you. I explained it to you the other day. Um, so it's stupid. Like there's two divisions in each conference and the one seed play, and there's two wild cards per conference. Mm-hmm. And so like each winning division plays the wild card and the two and three in each division play, each, play each other in their own division. Um, and then the one, whoever wins the one wild card in this bracket moves on, plays a two and three. So you stay in your conference, unless you're a wild card. Then you like, if you're a wild, if you're a wild card in the other division, and say, let's say you're in the Metropolitan and then you have to play in the um, whatever whatever the other one is, Atlantic, I think. Um, then you have to go into that and then you stay in that. You don't go back to the Metropolitan. So it's just, it's just a mess. I, I'm probably confused and lost everyone that's listening just by trying to describe that, which is like, if you're, if you're the NHL, like that's exactly what you don't want. Why don't I, I get what they're doing because they – had to go back to a somewhat normal schedule. Like it's, it was, this is almost a transition year um, from having the shortened COVID season with the weird COVID divisions. Um, but they, hockey is notorious for like, they change it like every seven to eight years. Like it's changed multiple times in our lifetime, how they do that. And I don't get, I personally think the one through eight works in every sport. Uh, I know baseball doesn't do that because they have less teams and it makes sense. What they do makes sense for baseball. Um, but yes, I would do the one through eight just okay. because it's easier to understand. It's easier to follow. I think the easier you can make anything in general in a, in a non-popular or niche, so to speak, sport, the, the, the more people are going to end up paying attention. It makes sense. You know, I just think it's more eyes, the more the people that can follow. I, I, I agree. The easier you make something to follow for somebody, the more likely they are to actually follow it as opposed to sending on a treasure hunt just to watch one game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so let's transition into the NBA. We had two game sevens this weekend. Uh, they were both Sunday. So the starting off, I didn't write the scores down, but the Suns got absolutely stomped by the Mavericks in the nightcap. Uh, it was 57 to 27 at the half. Chris Paul had one point in the first half. Luca continued to do his thing. Uh, the Mavs will move on and play the Warriors in the conference final. Thoughts on that game? So uh, I'll kind of start with like I'm kind of looking down at what I wrote. Uh, just kind of prepare. First of all, Luka Doncic. Oh my God, this man was pulling up from 35 feet like he was Steph Curry, and after every swish, he was turning around looking at the celebrities in the first row of Phoenix and just laughing at them. He is incredible. That's an absolute phenomenon. That's something everybody wishes they had on their team and oh my uh, also the other thing is um I think the, he got a lot of help from Spencer Dinwiddie there that made it easier he got to take some possessions mm-hmm. off stay a little bit pressure for later in the game the the three-point shot when you when you can compare the when you're when you look at the two the way the two teams shot one team could make a three-pointer the other one did not <laughs> I mean that, that's on the Mavs side. I guess the other thing I'd say is Jalen Brunson continued his incredible season. Um, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. Uh, Troy Weaver, you should call his agent. Maybe look at bringing him to Detroit. Maybe a pretty fun piston. Other than that, I, w- I do want to transition to the Suns because I think there's a lot more interesting stuff to talk about that and, and an absolute implosion. I, I, I think this might be just like the end of this core of Suns. So Devin you think Booker, so. Uh, well, I'll get into it. So Devin Booker picked the worst time to get into or to play his worst career game ever. Mm. Chris Paul looked every bit of the 37 or 38 that he turned a couple of days ago. And people don't know if he was healthy, whatever it was. He doesn't look like someone that you it, – it's tough to sit there and continue to say he's your everyday point guard. And then the best one was DeAndre Ayton r- was reportedly refused to go back into the game. So mm. I looked at the box where he played 17 minutes and there were reports that Monty Williams said, go into the game. He said, no. And if that's the Some case, league. If, if that's the case, how, how does DeAndre Ayton come back to Phoenix? How do you tell the coach of the year? No, I'm, I'm good here on the bench while we're down by 25, 30. So I think this is kind of a, maybe DeAndre Ayton, a sign and trade. I, I, I don't think you can bring him back. Chris Paul, I don't know how his contract situation is, but. If you got to pay him $40 million to be 38 years old, that's tough. You kind of knew what right. you got for when you signed the contract. You signed it for the first two years, maybe not the last two. Didn't work out. I mean, kudos to Phoenix for trying. But I think with this group of players, this is the kind of – I think this is the end of their uh, window. That's unfortunate, too, because, you know, they had they made the finals last year. Yep. Um, and really, like, they, they had a chance to win it to be honest, like they would, they could have beaten the Bucs. Um, and then going into this year to just lose, you know, obviously that's a disappointing season. I actually, you know, the Chris Paul thing is interesting because I don't definitely necessarily think um, that he was necessarily a failure. I thought he was like, he had a bad game. I mean, he had an absolute, atro- he had one, one point at the half. That's ridiculous. And you talk about your st- the stupid NBA league. We got players who don't even play in playoff games. We got guys who refuse to fulfill the contracts, like the duty they have in their contracts in a playoff atmosphere. Like, I, 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 
this, the script writes itself to the NBA sometimes. It does. Um, let's, 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 let's go on to the other game, the other game seven, which was Boston and the Bucks, which honestly, just like the first or the, is the second half of that game, full on anticlimax. Um, once again, the three point shooting, I think I looked at it. The uh, Boston shot 55 three pointers. I think they scored 22, 23, 24 of them pretty good percentage whereas the box couldn't hit water out of a boat they might have been three for 50 I don't know what what the numbers were but it was not good usually I like usually there's the phrase the best player will always win game seven um Giannis was the best player in that series but he got absolutely no help from anyone it it didn't help that Chris Middleton was dead um Mm -hmm. Milwaukee couldn't like I said they couldn't make a jump shot and you can't make a jump shot the Boston defense could condense that makes it tougher for Giannis to get to the rim and get his free points with the layup can't bully everyone if you got to go through four bodies as opposed to one I think um Boston was immense Grant Williams is a an absolute sharpshooter I don't understand the Milwaukee technique of let's just sag off shooters and let them just pull up from the three-point mm. line uncontested. But I think a lot of this series would have been completely different if Chris Middleton was playing and some of those George Hill, Grayson Allen garbage time minutes were being played by a player who can drop 25, 30 points on any given night. Nightly, yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I wanted to add on was the Grant Lip. Yeah, I can't speak. To Monday, Grant Williams tied an NBA record with seven threes in a game seven. That's he tied for the most all time. And, and like you said, most of those were open shots. Like he was just he was just popping threes, making it rain, as they say. Um, and like it wasn't like he's just hitting these like Steph Curry from half court shots. He was relatively open for pretty much all of them. So um, they'll go on and they'll play the Heat. Uh, so that's all we got for basketball. We quickly want to get into before we go talk about the PGA real quick. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tiger Woods seen today uh, playing a practice round. He's every implication is saying he's playing. He is currently at seventy to one to win the tournament. He was at sixty-five to one to win the Masters when it uh, first started on Monday. Uh, so a little less odds. I think it's because we saw how bad the leg is. But Joey LaCava, his caddy, has noted that the endurance is significantly better. Um, I feel like he has to say that at the end of the day. It may be better, um, but he does have to kind of say that to build a storyline here. Uh, the odds on favorite is Scotty Scheffler, I believe 11-1, to 1, followed by Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy at 14-1. to 1. Sorry. Uh, John Rahm is 12 to one. And then the other two are 14 to one. Any thoughts wrapping up with golf? Um, I guess um, I'll just kind of give my pick for who uh, I think not necessarily will win. Cause it's a golf tournament. It's really hard to it's rarely ever someone so dominant that you can just say he will win this. But I think Rory McIlroy has had such a long major drought that eventually it's that law of averages where I think this is the one where he turns around, plays four days of good golf and, I think Rory McIlroy can come ahead and win the PGA. I'm going to take John Rahm. Uh, he's had a relatively pedestrian year. He's lost his number one spot in the world. I read an article that this is a good course to play for him. I haven't really looked at the course, to be honest. Um, he hits as far as game plays anywhere. I think he comes back. He come, he's one of those guys. He, he get, He's like a tiger. He gets mad. When, when he gets mad, look out. Like he has that, he has that you know, um, thing in his head that goes off. So I'm going to pick him this weekend. 
Okay. Um, so we're going to give you guys some more segments as the week goes on. We'll probably hop on here sometimes and just record us, you know, chatting uh, and doing silly stuff. We're going to try and record on Mondays and get the actual podcast out Tuesdays. Um, you know, like I said, maybe we'll do some segmented stuff over the week. You know, tweet us at teeing it up with CNV. Uh, if you want to see something, comment, like, subscribe. We really appreciate it. We're trying to get this going. We're really passionate about this kind of stuff. I mean, it may not come out in our first episode. We're just kind of getting some cobwebs off. Um, but if you just let us, you know, give us some time here, and we'll give you some content. That's uh, that's going to be the deal here. So, Vladdy, anything you want to say? Oh, uh, I just want to say uh, I think it was a good first episode. Um, I want to thank everyone for kind of tuning in, listening, uh, seeing us kind of give our opinions on what we think is going on in the world of sports and kind of, as you said, counter hope, I, I hope to make this something that's a little bit more kind of like, let's say community driven, where if you're out there and you want, you want us to talk about a certain topic, throw it in the comments, tweet at us, let us know what you want us to talk about and we'll see what we can do. Right. It doesn't even have to be sports too. It can be anything. Yep. Um, so yeah, so we're going to leave it here. Uh, till next time we tee it up. Uh, shoot them straight, boys. Thank you. Bye, everyone.